0: You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for Thursday, September 22nd. I'm Portia Cook.
1: And I'm Kira McKinley. And you're tuned in to
0: KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, Kira McKinley goes over campus news with updates on Colorado State University's ranking among public universities in the U.S.
1: Then Portia covers local news with updates on a $350 million I-25 express lane project. After that, Portia reports on music, entertainment, and events news, with information on an upcoming local National Land Day event.
0: Then listen to an interview with myself and Laura Wilson as we discuss Bohemian Nights Foundation's global sounds in the square. Karen McKinley then reports on environmental news with updates on record-breaking heat in Denver, Colorado.
1: After that, I go over national news, with updates on a dangerous new social media trend. Then stay tuned as Ewan Pert goes over updates in CSU sports. And to conclude today's show, I
0: take a look at what Fort Collins has in store for the weather this week.
1: Let's move right into campus and local news. I'm Kira McKinley reporting our campus news for Thursday, September 22nd. Colorado State University was ranked in the top third among public universities within the United States, according to a U.S. News & World Report. The university was ranked 72nd, in the Best Public Universities list, and was ranked 25th on the a schools for B students. In this category, the school was the highest-ranking university in Colorado. Both of these rankings point out CSU's land-grant mission to make quality education easily accessible for everyone. The CSU interim president said that, quote, "...we're especially pleased that CSU is recognized as a place that returns great value to our students." He then goes on to say, We've worked hard to keep CSU affordable and accessible, and our students get a strong return on their investment in a CSU degree. End quote. Information comes from CSU Source News. Colorado State University has a multitude of displaced students who are staying in emergency housing and at a local Best Western. The school has now added to this number of displaced students. Last week, a student in the Ingersoll dorms pulled down fire alarms with a soccer ball. Then the alarm sprinklers went off. The southwest side of the first and second floors of the building were drenched, and due to this, students were taken out of the dorms for a couple of days. Some were staying with friends in other dorms, while others were moved into Aggie Village temporarily till this problem was solved. While a majority of students have moved back into the dorm, there are still a few students who had heavily damaged dorm rooms that are still in temporary housing. Thank you for listening to My Campus News Updates. Now on to Portia Cook with your local news.
0: In local news, Colorado is funding $350 million towards an Interstate 25 Express Lane project. The I-25 Express Lane project will expand the 7-mile stretch of highway from Colorado Highway 56 near Berthoud, To Colorado Highway 66 near Longmont, eliminating a dangerous bottleneck and expanding the last remaining two-lane stretch of I-25. According to Miles Bloomhart of the Coloradoan, CDOT says this newest project is a priority, scheduled for the next several years. However, they have not given a specific project start date. The Colorado Transportation Commission has already committed close to one billion dollars to build the North I-25 Express Lane project from Bertha to Fort Collins. That project started in 2018 and is scheduled to be completed in late 2023. Funding for both of these projects comes from a combination of CDOT's 10-year plan and a Federal Transportation Infrastructure Finance and Innovation Act loan. The loans will be repaid with revenue gained from express lane tolls. The City of Fort Collins is urging you to turn your sprinklers off by October 1st. In an effort to conserve water, the City of Fort Collins is asking the community to join the Shift Your Water Challenge by not watering your grass a little earlier this year. Those who pledge to voluntarily stop watering their lawn by October 1st will be entered to win a $50 bill credit. The Shift Your Water Challenge pledge can be found at fcgov.com in the September 2022 newsletter archives. The following is a follow-up story on a September 2nd officer-involved shooting in Fort Collins. A man shot by Fort Conce police after they say he pointed a loaded gun at them is now out of the hospital and in Larimer County Jail. On Saturday, September 17th, Michael Stephen Wayne Cordova was released from the hospital and booked into the Larimer County Jail on multiple felony warrants, including two counts of attempted first-degree murder of a peace officer, two counts of first-degree assault on a peace officer, two counts felony menacing, and mandatory sentencing for violent crimes. Cordova's bond is currently set at $500,000. According to the City of Fort Collins' press release, on September 2nd, Fort Collins police responded to reports of a disturbance at an apartment located at the 1200 block of East Stewart Street. Upon arrival, officers located the suspect in the apartment, where he then jumped off the apartment balcony in an attempt to escape. Officers were able to make contact with the suspect outside and safely take him into custody, where he was then transported to an area hospital for an evaluation of his injuries related to jumping off the balcony. Officers also encountered several other people inside of the apartment, including an armed man who has since been identified as Michael Cordova. Police say Cordova approached and pointed his guns at the officers, and it was during this encounter that a Fort Collins police officer fired his duty weapon, striking the armed man. No officers were injured in this shooting. For now, Cordova remains in Larimer County Jail. The Larimer County Sheriff's Department is looking for Jason Darren Baker as one of its most wanted fugitives. Baker, who also goes by Richard Kennedy, is on Larimer County's most wanted list for multiple felony warrants, including felony vehicular eluding slash DUI, felony vehicular eluding criminal mischief, both categorized as no bond charges. A mugshot of Baker can be found at larimer.gov slash sheriff slash most wanted. The Larimer County Sheriff's Office reminds the community to, quote, never attempt to follow or contact any fugitive noted in our system. Please immediately dial 911 or contact your local law enforcement agency, end quote. Anyone with information regarding Baker or his whereabouts is urged to contact the Larimer County Sheriff's Office at 970-416-1985.
1: Hi, I'm Todd Parkmore. And I'm Rob Squires. And we're from Big Head Time The Monsters, and you're listening to KCSU, Colorado's best radio station.
0: I'm Portia Cook with your events, entertainment and music news. The city of Fort Collins has partnered with CSU's Center for Deliberation, where they will host a community-wide conversation about the city's 2023-2024 budget. The event will take place at the Senior Center off Tree Drive in Fort Collins on September 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. According to a City of Fort Collins press release, the event will include budgeting exercises alongside other community members to learn more about the budgeting process and the trade-offs involved in funding community wants and needs with limited resources. Participants will also have the opportunity to weigh in on funding in the City's 2023-2024 budget. Center for Public Deliberation student facilitators will help guide conversations and capture feedback that will be shared with City Council and staff as they finalize the budget this fall. Spanish translation and interpretation will be available, and dinner will be provided. Registration is required and is available through September 26th at cpd.colostate.edu/slash events/slash let's talk about the budget. Community members can also share their budget-related thoughts and recommendations directly with City Council by emailing cityleaders at fcgov.com or attending the next Council budget hearing on October 4th. The City of Fort Collins Natural Areas is hosting a National Public Lands Day event. The National Public Lands Day event project aims to engage the Fort Collins community in the repair of publicly accessible trails through the realignment of an existing trail that does not mean sustainability standards and continues to suffer the effects of erosion. During this event, volunteers will learn trail design, construction, and trail maintenance techniques. The event will take place at the Reservoir Ridge Natural Area on September 24th from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Volunteers are asked to meet at Skyline Picnic Area at 614-624 North County Road 23. Signage will be provided to direct participants. Hiking will be approximately a half mile in each direction and carrying equipment will be required. The event is for community members 13 years of age and up, and all volunteers must register for the event as well as sign a waiver. According to the event page, lunch, volunteer gifts, and a chance to win fabulous prizes will be available for those who stay for the duration of the event. Registration for this event can be found on the City of Fort Collins' website. Anyone with additional questions about this event can reach out to Rachel Boldizzi at 970-577-1568. Now, an interview with myself and Laura Wilson as we sit down to discuss the Bohemian Nights Foundation's Global Sounds in the Square. You'll also get to hear a portion of the live performance by a BBO sound machine who performed in Global Sounds in the Square on September 18th. Based in Fort Collins, Colorado, the Bohemian Nights Foundation was founded by philanthropist Pat Stryker and is a private family foundation supporting local, national, and global efforts to build strong communities. The foundation works to impact local communities through grant-making programming and special initiatives. The foundation consists of four program areas, including community programming, civics programs, global programs, and the music program, which I discuss with Laura Wilson, who is the head of live music for the Bohemian Foundation. Today, we will also hear some of the live performances from Abibio Sound Machine during Global Sounds in the Square, which took place on September 18th in Old Town Square, Fort Collins. Abibio Sound Machine is a clash of African and electronic elements inspired in equal measure by the golden era of West African funk and disco and modern post-punk and electro. Laura, thank you so much for being here with me. Now, as the head of live music for the Bohemian Foundation, talk to me about your role within the Bohemian Foundation in general and also your role within Bohemian Nights itself.
2: Yeah, so um, the foundation, it's a family foundation, and we have a few different program areas, including community programs, civic programs, global programs, and then music programs, which is our largest area, actually. And within music programs, we have the music district, um, which some folks may be familiar with here, which is a, has a bricks and mortar location here in Fort Collins, and it's about music education and development for musicians. And then we also have a grants making program and then we have live music. And so that's the area in which I work. We have two venues, the Washington's and the Armory that run year round indoors. And then we also do outdoor events, um, most of which are under our Bohemian Nights um, category, which Global Sounds of the Square is. Um, Previously, we had a a really big festival that probably some people are familiar with, um, Bohemian Nights at New West Fest, which um, we our last year for that was in 2018. Um, and so now we're looking at what, you know, different smaller activations that we can do, um, including our Thursday night live series, which is wrapping up this week and global sounds, which will be on Sunday. Now let's talk again a little bit about that Bohemian nights for those who may be unfamiliar.
0: What is Bohemian nights and how does that differ from the Bohemian foundation? If at all?
2: Yeah, so Bohemian Nights is really just part of the Bohemian Foundation, and that was the original live music wing of it. And even the Armory, our venue, which has been around for for quite a few years now, um, was originally under Bohemian Nights. But when we expanded to Open Washington's, that was... Not under the same umbrella. <laughs> so, so we're kind of now integrating, figuring out how to do this. Bohemian Nights, though, is still, you know, an active brand that we use. And really now we just primarily look at that as our outdoor free entertainment options that are available as opposed to our ticketed um live music, which is under different umbrellas. So Bohemian Nights is absolutely part of the Bohemian Foundation and um, will remain to be, and will just be different ways that we can bring fun, great new live music to the community.
0: Perfect. Now
2: let's talk about
0: the Global Sounds in
2: the Square. How
0: long has this event been a part of Bohemian Nights? It seems to be fairly new, if I'm not mistaken.
2: That's correct. This is our first year doing it. We're very excited um, because this is a a new initiative and we do um, events in Old Town Square pretty frequently. We did, uh, we'll have done 16 Thursday Night Lives this summer in Old Town Square. So we are familiar with the space, but we wanted to look at um, bringing something a little bit different um, on a different day, hopefully gathering different folks and, and certainly music that could use, uh, that, you know, might not be, that might be new. That is a little bit more of a discovery for, um, for some of the community, which we're really excited, things that we're excited about and things that you normally wouldn't just come across on a Sunday afternoon and walking in Old town. So we're very excited about that and bringing some, some new and different sounds to Fort Collins, um, in a way that everyone can, can experience for free. Now, let's talk a little bit about that inspiration behind creating such a culturally diverse
0: event like Global Sounds in the Square.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, now we we really prided ourselves when we did do Bohemian Nights at New West Fest of really trying to, to be more and more diverse every year. And, um, you know, we try that at our venues, too. But, you know, we the best vehicle that we have for for exposing people to new music is under that Bohemian Nights free open to the public, very accessible, um, you know, umbrella. So we were trying to think, well, this is of of a new event and something that we could do. And this really felt like a great way um, to to have that, you know, kind of stuff that we are, music that we are very passionate about. Um, But, you know, you might not buy a ticket to because it's new and everybody's really cautious, especially now, you know. The economy is in a little bit more of an unsure state. So you might not be you know, able to just buy tickets to a new thing just to check it out. Right. So that's something that we can sort of provide. So that was sort of the thought process. And then, you know, um, what are the things that we think people would love if they could just get a chance to hear it? you know, and, and if they just happen to walk by and hear something that's, wow, this is totally different. This isn't a singer songwriter. Not that they are not great. This isn't rock and roll. Not that that isn't great. Some of it is still sort of rock and roll, but, you know, but really trying to think of something new and different and exciting um, for people to learn about.
0: Now, what benefits do you think global sounds in the square will have on local community members?
2: Yeah, well, we're really hoping that that people will first of all come together, right? And and come together um because that's that's what it's all about and live music can can do so many different things, I think, and and has such power um to convene people. And so it's very exciting for that to happen. And then again for people to maybe um experience something, you know, I think in a lot of ways live music as I said, it's a very communal experience, but you sort of go into it a lot of times knowing what you're going to get, right? Like you may go to see, you know, your Dave Matthews show or whatever. You may go to Red Rocks to see whatever show and and you're going to be, you know, sort of amongst your people, which is exciting. And that's going to be your space of comfort, which is beautiful. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but thinking about it in a different way of, okay, this is your community and your community looks different and they might not be exactly the same as you. And this might not be exactly the sounds that you're used to to hearing. And I think we've very purposefully not done the same type of music. I think they all work together really well, but they wouldn't necessarily be on the same bill. If you went to see a show, you know, there, there, we've got like Japanese surf rock with, you know, Nigerian, West African funk via London and you know Kilcho is is a great Colorado artist but with deep roots in Chile. And so I think like just even if you were to stay and see a couple different bands you would have a really different experience, right? And so there's a little bit of discomfort in that, but there's also excitement in that and there's learning and growth in that. And so hopefully again, you know, that people there's an accessibility and a discovery point somewhere in there for people of all ages, you know, of all interests, of all backgrounds, maybe they wouldn't love this one band, but maybe this other band, they're going to, this is going to blow their minds, you know? So really trying to keep it um, cohesive and diverse at the same time, <laughs> which is a challenge. But that's what we're trying for. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, why not only
0: for yourself, but as a member of the foundation, why is showcasing culturally diverse music important for the Fort Collins community?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, first of all, it's our goal to bring more live music to the community in general. So, you know, all live music, you know, is, is, is really wonderful. Um, But, you know, there are certain genres that are just more prolific and we, and we try and, you know um, we try and really support Colorado artists. That's one of our, our other sort of parts of our mission. And that's really important to us. But I think we came to a realization um, in recent years that, you know, there are things that are outside of Colorado that are important for people in Colorado to hear, (laughs) you know, we can't cover everything with, with just what we have. And also if we want to inspire our budding artists and musicians to, to, you know, be more creative, then putting different things in front of them is really the way to make that happen. Um, So I think that, you know, that, that's a really important part of, of the thought process for, for this event.
0: Perfect. Now, what were some of the challenges of any that have the foundation or even yourself have been faced with creating a culturally diverse program like Global Sounds in the Square?
2: You know, I think that we were very fortunate to to get some really fantastic bands. Um, I think our challenge is going to be that these folks are coming now from all over. Um, so we need to make sure that they arrive they get through customs <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff um so i think that that's our uh, immediate challenge but i do think there is a challenge too in promoting it and having people sort of you know we don't we want to get the word out there. We want people to be interested, but we recognize it's something that's new and different. And, um, you know, they won't, the bands won't necessarily have the name recognition that, you know, maybe some other things might. So I think that there is the challenge in just getting the word out and having people understand like, Hey, just come check it out. Like, you know, grab, grab an ice cream or something or coffee and come listen to a new band. And, um, you know, just, just have that experience with your neighbors and with your community. If you
0: are just tuning in, you are listening to an interview with myself and Laura Wilson, the head of live music for the Bohemian Foundation. We are now going to listen to some of the live performance by Abibio Sound Machine, who was one of three performers at Global Sounds in the Square on September 18th. Stay tuned, because after their performance, Laura and I will be back with more on live music through the Bohemian Foundation. A big, big welcome for Abibio Sound Machine. sem You are just tuning in. That was a part of the live performance by Ibibio sound machine who performed at Global Sounds in the Square on September 18th. Now I'm back here with Laura Wilson, who is the head of live music as we discuss more on live music through the Bohemian Foundation. Now, how do you go about choosing the artists and the the genres of music for Global Sounds in the Square?
2: Yeah, we have a really fantastic down buyer um, named Emily Sarpa, and so she took the lead on this, as she does with with most of our events on putting together um, a great slate of artists. And I think that um, you know some of it is just based upon availability, and if somebody happens to be touring in Colorado, which was the case with Avivio, this will be the first date of, of a run that they're having in Colorado and then across the country and clubs, you know, nationally. So that worked out timing wise. And then you have other things like Kiltro where they're coming up from Denver and they just, we know they're a great band, they fit in. So, you know, it was a combination, a little bit of luck and a little bit of forethought and planning of, you know, and I think again, putting it together in a way that, um, makes sense, but isn't, isn't same, same. You know, that that's the real art in, in what she's done um, and really, I think, took the most thought. Um, but I'm really excited for everything, and I think she's done a great job. Perfect.
0: Now, speaking of, you know, you mentioned that this is the first time Global Sounds in the Square, this will be the first event. Um, what has been the most enjoyable part of the process of creating this event for you so far?
2: Well, honestly, for, for us, for our live team, you know, we were shut down for a very long time because of the pandemic, and so for us to be able to create this is our first really new event post pandemic. And there is a true delight in us being able to to do our jobs and get a little creative and and produce something new after so much pause <laughs> um so I I would say that just just it existing and us being able to work together in this way um and us being able to to put something out there that we really believe in and think is cool and new and different for the town I think it's just been really delightful
0: oh I can only imagine I know that's what I hear from everyone so far is we're just happy to be near people and talking to people <laughs> and communicating again in the flesh
2: <laughs> totally and being able to do it outside too just like i mean although weather is always a challenge so i should have put that in the challenge category <laughs> but hopefully it won't be it's looking good but um you know i think that it being outside too just you know has allowed us to be in a position where we didn't have to stress about anything even though you know planning was fine we knew it was probably going to be okay so that's that's really nice too for us perfect
0: now while It may not be the majority. There is a diverse population here in Larimer County, in our Fort Collins community. What are you doing in terms of community engagement, giving community members the ability to provide insight on maybe the type of music they would like to hear or learn more about or see be showcased um, during Global Sounds in the Square?
2: Well, I would say for this event, because we had a, a relatively short timeline to to put it together, that we didn't really um we didn't do too much direct community community engagement for this because we knew we had a very limited slate of performers. But I would say that we are we are constantly listening. Um and in the past for Bohemian Nights New West Fest, we had a talent advisory committee that was made up of community members. So we have sort of a long list of, of folks and that was a, a diverse group um, as well that gave feedback on, on some great new acts. And that was incredibly helpful because you know, n- nobody knows everything, right? And so you know we want to hear people who are from different backgrounds, who are coming from different places, different ages, um, and have knowledge in different genres. Um, And we still, you know, talk to those folks, you know, that's still an engagement that we do um, because it is important. And then, you know, for us too, we also, we have venues. So we know what people buy tickets to, which is, you know, really the, a a lot of the big way that people um, speak is with their, with their wallets. Right. (laughs) So we, we sort of know that too, um, which is helpful, but I would say that's, that's a general, like overall, um, sort of, you know, engagement that we do rather than for this one specific event, because it was only a handful of artists, um, that we were able to look for it. Perfect.
0: Now, let me see here. What do you think global sounds in the score will develop into in the future? Or what do you hope to see happen with global sounds in the future?
2: Yeah, so we were we we've been talking about this and we're kind of started planning for 2023. And you know, I think I'm extremely interested to see, you know, how what the community response is. And I think that if there's a, you know, a positive response, which we're hoping for, then, you know, I could definitely see certainly repeating an event or maybe even doing a larger event, um, you know, with the same focus um, and, and being able to, you know, not grow it to a massive extent, but, you know, doing a two day festival or a longer festival, something like that, that, um, that, you know, could just explore more of this and just bring more, um, diverse artists from around the globe to Fort Collins, which I think would be amazing. So that's the hope (laughs) it'll go well. Absolutely. Now Bohemian
0: nights presents Thursday night lives were held Thursday nights. Is the Global Sounds in the Square going to be something that's consistent like that? We can expect it to be held every this so night at this time or right now, or is there still a a planning phase of seeing how this event goes and and determining what's going to take place going forward?
2: Yeah, I think it's too soon to say like what that form it may take. Um, But I do think that like us, I, I, I mean... I think the desire and the mission is there to continue promoting artists, um, you know, in in from around the globe and from diverse genres. So that will not change. And like I said, whether this event happens in exactly the same time and place next year, I don't know. But I I feel strongly that um, it this will be the beginning. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely.
0: And then as far as the music side of things go, is there anything else that's in the works behind the scenes um, that you can give us a sneak peek into? Anything else that we should be expecting aside from the new global sounds in the square um, from Bohemian Knights Foundation?
2: Yeah. You know, I would just say we have a ton of exciting shows coming up at our venues, um, some of which we've announced, but there's a lot more that we haven't. And every time I look at the calendar, I get more excited. So that is going to be super active through the fall and and into, you know, spring of next year. There's some great stuff coming up. And then, yeah, I would say, you know, watch this space. Our our Thursday Night Live um, series will certainly continue next year and we will absolutely be activating in different ways, Um, in 2023, I think again, we had a big pause and now we're rolling and we're just looking forward to doing, you know, what we can do to bring more exciting artists here and, you know, how we can serve our community and how we can bring more new, different music, um, to our community. So more to come. Absolutely. For those who are interested in learning more about the Hemian Knights
0: Foundation, um, Bohemian nights presents Thursday night live about the foundation in general about global sounds in the square in general or if they have any feedback where's the best place for them to go
2: yeah so we have um bohemiannights.org um, and also washington's are the two sites that are the best for our indoor and outdoor performances so definitely check those out there are email addresses on both of those, um, sites. If people want to give feedback or thoughts, um, we certainly love, um, constructive thoughts on great artists and things like that, or what you saw and loved, um, you know, that sort of thing is, is super fantastic to hear. So, um, welcome that very much, but yeah, check us out. And then we're also on socials as well. We have Facebook, active Facebook pages for both for Bohemian Nights and for Washington's in the Armory. So definitely encourage people to check them all out.
0: Perfect. And any last thoughts or final thoughts that you have for our listeners regarding the upcoming event on Sunday?
2: No, I just want to thank you for taking the time and for helping us to spread the word. I think that the more people we have come out, um, you know, the the better it will be for for all of us and the more encouraged we'll be to just do more and more live music in the future. So um, thank you for that. I appreciate it.
0: You are very welcome. Mm it's Briggy Smalls and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
1: Peace. In environmental news, on Tuesday, Denver set a new record for days in September that reached 90 degrees and above. Tuesday marked the 10th 90 degree temperature day already within the month, which is yet to be over. In 1895, 2005, 2017, and 2018, The city experienced nine 90-degree weather days within the month of September. This past week, historic storms hit both sides of North America within two days of each other. On Sunday night, the entire island of Puerto Rico was hit by Hurricane Fiona, causing the whole island to lose power. Alaska was also hit by a severe storm. The Washington Post said that both of these storms, especially the one in Alaska, quote, bear the fingerprint of climate change. Warmer oceans are allowing stronger storms to creep to higher latitudes, while warmer air temperatures carry more moisture and fuel more extreme rainfall, end quote. In other environmental news, remnants from this storm in Alaska, particularly the typhoon, have left parts of the western side of the state underwater. The Washington Post found that, A lot of the effects of this storm are still unclear, but so far there are known power outages and other damages. Some of the most remote parts of the United States, along with over 1,000 miles of coastal line, were affected by this storm, according to the Washington Post. Thank you for listening to my environmental news updates.
2: Support for KCSU comes from Brothers Barbecue. Brothers Barbecue is located on South Taft Road in Fort Collins and offers catering and party planning options. Brothers Barbecue serves smoked in-house meats, ribs, sandwiches, and vegetarian options. For more information, visit brothers-bbq.com.
1: In national news, a grand jury indicted five people who were charged with stealing more than 50 cars in northern Colorado between February and April of 2022. They stole these cars from places like parking lots, apartments, and more locations. At least one of the cars they stole was set on fire after being stolen. Otherwise, They used stolen goods found in the cars, such as checks and credit cards. These five people are now facing 147 counts of motor vehicle theft, identity theft, and forgery. Information comes from Nine News. The ninth busiest airport in the U.S., Orlando's International Airport, has now added a new terminal. Their first flight landed on Tuesday from Manchester, England. The terminal will host new airlines such as Air Lugins from Ireland and Brazil's Goul's Airline. This new terminal is ushering in a new age of technology at this airport and starting a chain reaction of technological development at airports all around the country. The terminal will have automated TSA checkpoints and biometric boarding for all international flights. In response to these technological developments, the terminal will also have more dining and shopping options, as it is adding Disney, Universal, and SeaWorld stores. Information comes from USA Today News. On Monday, President Joe Biden declared that although the COVID-19 virus is still a problem, it will no longer be considered a pandemic. After this declaration, Moderna, Binotech, and Novavax stocks all plunged as much as 9%. Despite the president's comments and the fact that the COVID-19 virus is decreasing, Business Insider projects that there will still be a demand for vaccines as winter looms just around the corner. There is a shortage of teachers in America, and the Washington Post has found that states that are desperate to fill these positions have been becoming more lax on their job requirements. Some public officials are claiming that a degree in education may not be necessary for one to be able to teach children anymore. Some states are relying on substitutes who aren't required to have a degree to teach classes, while some are letting college students with unfinished degrees teach as well. Information comes from The Washington Post. In other national news, as social media continues to evolve, it allows more information to be easily spread and communication to become easier. And although this is a good thing, there are some downfalls like the spreading of dangerous social media trends. A new trend is encouraging people to cook their chicken in NyQuil. The FDA has released a warning advising people against participating in this trend, according to CNN. The FDA said to CNN that, quote, boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and change its properties in other ways. They go on to say, even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medicine's vapors while cooking could cause higher levels of the drug to enter your body. It could also hurt your lungs, end quote. Before participating in any viral trends, as the FDA said, make sure to see if they were harmful in any way. In 2014, Flint, Michigan switched to using the Flint River as their main water source. Residents then started to report a change in their water's taste, color, and smell. After that, children started experiencing strange illnesses. After these reports, the U.S. Environmental and Protection Agency and Virginia Tech found high levels of lead within their water. Recently, a study was published on the GAMA Network Open that asked 2,000 Flint adults about their experience going through this crisis and their psychological symptoms. The result from this study showed that 1 in 5 residents have major depression, 1 in 4 residents have post-traumatic stress disorder, otherwise known as PTSD, and more than 1 in 10 residents have both disorders. These rates are higher than the ones found in veterans and general citizens throughout the U.S. Information comes from CNN. Thank you for listening to my national news updates.
0: I'm Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast for today, Thursday, September 22nd. Today was cloudy and cool with scattered thunderstorms and a high of 65. Tonight, you can expect temperatures to continue to drop with a high of 47. Friday warms back up with sunny skies and a high of 79. Saturday continues with sunny skies with temperatures in the low 80s. As for Sunday, we continue to get that warm sunshine with highs of 73. And for next week's weather, you can turn into the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Portia Cook with your KCSU weather update. Information comes from the Weather Channel.
1: And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now.
0: We'd like to thank our guest today, our news producer, Reese Granger, as well as the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you.
1: And I'd like to thank you, Portia.
0: And I'd like to thank you, Kira.
1: And finally, we couldn't do this without you. Dear listener, thank you.
0: If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under news or podcast. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.